Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. VR training platforms like the one developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International are helping surgeons train over and over before operating on real patients. As you practice each skill, the muscle memory starts to develop. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Hey guys, welcome back to the Balanced Blonde Podcast, Soul on Fire. I'm so glad to have you here for today's solo Q&A episode, where I took to Instagram to ask you guys what you wanted to know. You asked me some amazing questions and not surprisingly, most of them were based on spiritual stuff. Lots of mystical questions about how I got into crystals and what to do with your crystals once you get them, how to meditate, what kind of books I recommend for tapping into your intuition and getting into yoga, living a divinely guided life, an inspired life, basically creating the life of your dreams, which is also known as a soul on fire lifestyle. So I was really excited to answer those questions and I answered as many as I could without making this episode too long. So if I didn't get to your question or if you didn't happen to realize that I was asking questions, then go ahead and send them in on my next Q&A. And you can always also send them in on thebalancebond.com slash QA or thebalancebond.com slash podcast. So there's lots of different places where you can check in and ask me your personal questions. And I try to get back to people individually when I can, but when I can't, because time is of the essence. And as you'll learn in this episode, I think it's abundantly important to spend time with ourselves and not put too much pressure on this 21st century way of communicating, which is constantly us connected to our phones, our computers, our devices, which really takes us out of our own intuition, out of our own personal power and into this really anxious cycle of respond, 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 please the people, want everybody to like me, that kind of situation. And I was in that for so long, for so many years, ever since I was probably about, uh, what, 13 using AOL's Instant Messenger, which by the way, I happened to notice from one of my CNN updates that AOL is officially retiring their AIM Instant Messenger, which is really sad because if you ask any of my middle school friends, Jojo Younger slash You Rad My Socks slash Salt and Vinegar Chick, all of which being my screen names, were very active on AIM. And I can draw all the way back to that time of my life to when I started feeling like I needed to be available to other people, to socialize, to talk, to express myself. I was one of those people who got super into creating my 
profile and then again into my MySpace, Facebook, eventually into my blog. And these are not negative things. We are human beings. We're social creatures. We need to work to express ourselves. And all of that is very positive. However, when we get into a state when we feel like we absolutely have to respond, absolutely have to get back to people and express ourselves in order to know who we are, then we're stepping out of a place of our personal power. So all of that being a roundabout way to say, if you ever ask me a question via social media, my website, my email, and I don't happen to get back to you, it's just because I practice what I preach. I take time for myself. I take technology breaks. I have a permanent away message on my email because I just want people to know that living this inspired life mostly means that I'm not tied to my inbox the way that I used to be. Although for professional matters and for the creative and entrepreneurial side of who I am and my brand, I do, for professional reasons, check my inbox, check my messages, and try to be good about responding to people when I'm inspired to do so and when I'm in the mood and, of course, when it's necessary. So... Back to this Q&A, what it's all about. You guys asked your questions. I answered them. It's a lot of fun. And this week is really special for so many reasons. One of them being that October 11th, this coming Wednesday, is my birthday, otherwise known as my solar return for all of my fellow astrological interested people. And I'm turning 27 so I have officially been on this earth for 27 years. Pretty unbelievable. Sometimes I still feel like I'm 12 years old. Other times I feel like such an old soul that I can't even believe I'm still in my 20s. And who was it this week? I was talking to someone this week. Oh, Lindsay from the Almost 30 podcast, an amazing podcast. Those girls will be on my show early next year. Lindsay was chatting with me at an event and she said something like, well, yeah, you, you get it. You know, when you turn 30, things change. What are you like 31, 32? And I was like, no, I'm 26. I'm about to be 27. And she was totally shocked and blown away because I am an old soul. And I also started my business really young, which often confuses people because I have been doing this for a while. I've been doing it since college. So yeah, I like surprising people and I also like letting people know what's up with my age and all the details. So this week I'm turning 27. I'm carving out a lot of time to celebrate with the people that I love, with the people who fill me up and kind of carving out a lot of time to be spontaneous and be in the flow because I realize how incredibly important that is to my creative process and to all of the things that I want to birth into this life and into this brand. And I have so many exciting ideas brewing inside of me right now. And also some pretty exciting meetings happening this week, which might end up bringing some of these ideas to fruition. So you guys will hear about it very soon. But before we dive into the Q&A, I just wanted to tell you guys how excited I am about something that I recently started called Spirit Juice. And you might have noticed Spirit Juice on Instagram because I was teasing it before I launched it and then have been referencing it a lot in the last week or so. 
because I'm excited about it. And that's what happens when I get excited about something that I add onto the brand and birth into the ethers and into the world. So Spirit Juice, contrary to popular belief, is not a juice company yet because who knows, maybe it will be one day. But right now it is a newsletter that goes out every Sunday talking about the moon phases. It has a manifestation tip and a high vibe mantra every week and pretty much is like the skim meets mystic mama meets the balanced blonde, meaning it's just bite-sized digestible, I hope, information about the lunar phases and very basic astrology. I still have a lot to learn. And as you guys know, I like to share as I'm learning because I find it's a relatable way to learn new information alongside of someone. So Spirit Juice is my little baby right now. It's my uh, passion project and I see it turning into and flourishing into all sorts of additional things along the way. But it's starting out as this really fun newsletter and you can sign up via the link in my Instagram bio, it should still be there by the time you check. You never know. I'm always switching that link around, but it is bit.ly slash TBB spirit juice. So that's B-I-T dot L-Y slash TBB spirit juice. And I don't know if the capitalization is important, but it's lowercase TBB capital spirit juice. And if you can't find it, just look on Instagram, TBB Spirit Juice. It's all over the place. That's how I like to do things. You can also find it on my website, of course, thebalancebond.com. And I am over the moon about it. I want you guys to join and be a part of the tribe. Speaking of tribes, we have the amazing Soul on Fire podcast tribe on Facebook and that group is always so chatty, so fun. And if you guys want to meet some like-minded individuals, head to Facebook and pop into the Soul on Fire podcast tribe. We are creating a playlist on Spotify for the tribe that I'm going to make open so people can add their songs to it. And speaking of, I'm obsessed with the song right now. I want to tell you guys about it because I want everybody to listen to it. It's Trevor Hall, who's my all-time favorite yoga reggae artist. And his song, Oh Haleakala, from his Chapter of the Forest album is everything to me right now. It's so good, so calming, sets my soul on fire, puts me into a more peaceful place. We have had a heaviness in our world ever since the Las Vegas massacre last week. And I am sending out so much love, so much healing light to everyone affected by the horrible situation, which is really all of us because we are all together in this life. We are all together in this world. And it's really up to us to raise the consciousness, raise the vibration of our community, of our universe, starting with our amazing community here. I don't have to worry about any of you guys. We are all high vibe. And this playlist that I'm creating for the Soul on Fire group is meant to bring people further and deeper into that high vibe consciousness. So Trevor Hall, you're a gem. One day, I hope to have you on this show, throwing it out there into the universe. And to recap, join TBB Spirit Juice, join the Soul on Fire podcast tribe on Facebook and let's dive into the spirituality Q&A featuring you guys and your questions. 
So here we are. Happy October. Such an exciting month. All my fellow Libras out there, you guys know how much I love October and how special this time is. So speaking of Libras, Zodiac things, etc., I just started something really exciting that I'm so happy and over the moon to share with you guys, which is something that came to me in a vision. I was in a Kundalini class, taking Tage's class at Nine Treasures in West Hollywood, and she's so powerful. She has so much Kundalini magic inside of her. And frequently when I take her class, I'm really able to get out of my head and have visions and get deeply in touch with my intuition and with what my next move is supposed to be. Career, relationship, all that good stuff. And I had this amazing vision in Tage's class, uh, I want to say three weeks ago. And it was called Spirit Juice. And it was all laid out before my eyes so clearly. And it begins as a newsletter. So Spirit Juice, just to break it down, I just started it. It launched yesterday. I do act quickly on my vision. So I'm really, really excited about this. My designer, Annalise, created a beautiful template. And basically, to break it down for you, Spirit Juice is a newsletter It's basically like the skim meets moonology meets the balanced blonde. So it breaks down spirituality and the moon phases and manifestation tips, meditation tips, all that good stuff into tiny digestible bite-sized information straight to your inbox to make it really easy to set intentions on the new moon, to follow the moon, to get in touch with the lunar cycles. There's also details about your zodiac sign and horoscopes, and it'll be really tailored to what's happening in the universe each week. And pretty much I was just inspired by all of this galactic celestial awesomeness that has been brought into my life by so many incredible teachers this year, many of whom, if not all, have been on the podcast. So if you're interested in this kind of stuff and you have no idea what I'm talking about or where to start, I would suggest just scrolling back in the episodes and finding some of the juicy spiritual ones about celestial things and non-physical beings and Kundalini and Reiki and Ayurveda and kind of just see what resonates with you. Otherwise, please do sign up for my Spirit Juice newsletter. I'm so excited about it. We're going to leave a link in the show notes to make it really easy, but you can also just find it from my site or from the bit.ly link, which is bit.ly slash TBB spirit juice, as in the balanced blonde spirit juice. And a lot of people have been asking me, is this a juice company? What's going to happen? And I'm not closed off to any ideas. I'm just going to put it out into the ethers that I do see spirit juice turning into a product line of some sort and lots of other really awesome things that I probably shouldn't say out loud yet. So Spirit Juice, join the tribe. You guys are already part of the Soul on Fire tribe, especially the Soul on Fire podcast tribe on Facebook. Head over there, join our group. Maybe you'll meet friends from your area or from somewhere else in the world that are interested in what you're interested in. It's a lot of fun. And if you guys are into this kind of stuff, I did make an Instagram for TBB Spirit Juice. 
which I'm curating to be very beautiful and very fun to look at, which is slightly different from a lot of my other Instagram accounts where I like to share authentic behind the scenes life. This is going to be a little bit more curated with specific colors because I do believe that looking at a really beautiful aesthetic raises your vibration. And that's the whole point of the spirit juice lifestyle. So here we are, Soul on Fire podcast, spirit juice newsletter, the Balanced Blonde blog. This is just what I do, guys. I just build. And it's kind of funny because you might think, why doesn't she just name everything the, va- the Balanced Blonde to keep everything consistent and synchronistic and the same? But I think it's all interconnected. The Balanced Blonde is the hub. And I do believe that these different facets and different elements of my brand deserve to have different names because they are not your typical average TBB content and they all have their own personality and their own life. And I'm so glad that you guys are here listening. Definitely join the Soul on Fire podcast tribe on Facebook if you're not already there. And if you have a few free moments this week to rate and review the podcast, just screenshot me a image of your review, send it to my email, jordan at thebalancebond.com, and I will send you my blogging tips and tricks document that I reserve and send out for people who rate and review the podcast. I'm so grateful to have you guys here, having you listen and rate and review helps this podcast grow and get seen by more people and keep spreading our high vibe message, making the world a better place or so I like to believe. So thank you guys for that. And without further ado, let's get to your question. There were so many good questions on my Instagram. And if you didn't get a chance to ask a question this time around, you can always send them through on thebalanceblonde.com slash QA. And I save them for this podcast. So lots of places that you can do this for next time. Let's see here. Sarah Strifolino says, I've bought so many crystals and I feel like because I bought them online or through Amazon, they don't have the same energy as the ones I handpicked. Is this true? So that's a really good question. You're probably right, Sarah. I think that crystals, first of all, when they make their way to you, a good thing to do is sage them and have a little ritual with them. Have a little ceremony with yourself so you can hold your crystal in your hand, run it through some sage. It's like giving it an energetic bath because who knows where it was before it made its way to you and... At some point, it was from the earth, so it has the magical energy of the earth, but who knows who's handled it, who's touched it, where it's been. It's been in the mail if you ordered it online. So give it a little sage bath. That will cleanse it of any energy that it's soaked up between being in the earth and making its way to you. And then just hold it in your hand, and during a little ritual with yourself, you can program your crystal by just giving it a purpose so you can hold it close to your heart. You can hold it in your hand during a meditation. You can place it in front of you and meditate over it and just give it a little simple purpose. Usually I like to keep it nice and simple with these so that the crystal A, knows what it's supposed to do with no confusion and B, so that you remember what you programmed it for. So at first I was getting carried away and programming crystals by kind of just giving it like these massive, huge purposes in my life. And then I realized that 
Less is more. Simple is better. I have specific crystals that I've programmed to connect me to my spirit guides, specific spirit guides of mine, specific ancestors who have passed away, like my papa, who you guys probably heard about in the Marianne episode, Marianne the Medium. I have crystals that are programmed to remind myself to nourish with good, clean, healthy foods. Because sometimes when I'm stressed out, the last thing I want to do is nourish my body with a good meal. I just, you know, want to skip dinner or just rush out and get something. So I have crystals that that are programmed to remind me how important it is, how good I feel to nourish myself from the inside out. I have crystals that are connecting me to a higher power. I have crystals for sleep, crystals for energy, crystals for creative stimulation. And you better believe I have these sprinkled all around my house. I have crystals that are in certain places to soak up dense energy, like under my couch and in my closet and You can always do research online to see what a crystal's specific properties are, but I actually think it's so much more powerful to program your own crystal. And yes, based off of what the crystal is meant to do, uh, selenite is meant for protection and I feel so protected with selenite, but also I've programmed my specific selenite pieces to have specific meanings also. So it's really an intuitive process. I love the phrase, from Energy Muse, crystals will not save your life. Crystals will not change your life. You have to put in the work. And I believe that part of the work is taking care of your crystals and programming them and doing all of that awesome stuff and simultaneously doing work on yourself. So long story short, yes, if you ordered a crystal online, I highly recommend saging it, giving it a purpose, giving it a little home in your space. And that goes for crystals that you don't get online too. Even if you get it in a store in person or blessed by someone else, you can still give it its own purpose and sage it. So heading to the next question, naturally Nicoletta, how do you address people, family, and friends mostly who don't understand or accept your spiritual journey, who basically look at you like you have 10 heads when you're talking about it? So this is a question I actually noticed when I skimmed through these questions before this, before I started recording that a lot of people asked. And this is a really good question because a lot of us who are on this spiritual path and are taking our belief system to the next level and kind of awakening, as I like to call it, it can be a really interesting position when the rest of the people in your life or many of the people in your life are not also on this awakening path. And I like to think of this in a couple ways. So if you have people in your life who are particularly low vibrational, who don't bring a lot to the table with you, who you feel really misunderstood by, they might not be the best people to have in your life right now. And that doesn't mean that you have to cut them out in a mean way or cut them out in a way that's going to hurt their feelings or necessarily cut them out at all, but you can just create some distance and you're also doing them a favor and a service, as I like to say, by giving them the space to discover for themselves what 
what else is out there. And also if they don't want to discover that, if it's scary to them or just not of interest to them, then you're giving them the space to spend time with people that they vibe with, who they're on the same wavelength as, who they can bounce frequency off of with with each other. And maybe that's not you. So that's one thing. On the other hand, there are a lot of really awesome, high vibrational people in your life who you love, who make you happy, who are your family or your partner or your best friends, who also might not be on this spiritual path. And that's okay too. I would say most of the people in my personal life who I don't know through the spiritual world or the yoga world are not nearly as much on this path as I am. Most of them are not quite as interested in it, to say the least. And I have no desire to move away from them or to cut them out of my life because I love these people. They're supportive of me. I'm supportive of them. And I think something really important to note is that I never push my belief systems on anybody. I don't push my spirituality on anybody. I mean, I think it's nice to hopefully inspire people to pursue different parts of their path, but not necessarily take it to the level of dragging them to a meditation or telling them, this is what I believe. This is what you should believe. This is what's out there. This is this documentary that I saw or this Kundalini class that I took. And this is what you should believe too. Because I do think that that is pretty much a huge turnoff to people. And I experienced that before I was on the spiritual path. I get really excited and I try to share with people sometimes like, oh my God, I'm a Pleiadian. I can see this stuff. I can hear this stuff. I see face morphing. And if anything, a lot of people just laugh and think it's totally nuts. And I'm fine with that because I'm really comfortable with where I am on my path. And I also realize and know that it took me a long time to get to this point. And it took me a lot of really specific circumstances and situations to believe in a lot of this stuff myself. So I truly believe that until people have their own experience with some of this more out there spiritual awakening type of stuff, then they're not going to believe it until they are also in the shoes of experiencing it. And for some people, that's on their path. That's going to happen. And for others, it's just not part of their path and it's not meant to be for them. So those are a couple different things. For example, I love talking to Miranda, my animal communicator who speaks to Hudson and Hudson and I have full-blown conversations through Miranda pretty often. Most people in my life, a lot of people, they don't necessarily believe in animal communication. As wonderful as Miranda is and as legitimate as I know that it is because I've had so many experiences with Miranda and Hudson that are so real to me, I also know that I'm not going to convince Jonathan and my parents that this is 100% legitimate until they have their own experience, until Jonathan talks to his dog Brooklyn through Miranda or something like that, which is happening soon. So I don't take any offense to it. And I also totally get it because I think we can all put ourselves in other people's shoes who haven't experienced yet um, some of this more crazy out there spiritual stuff. And maybe you were skeptical at some point too. So I say, just keep doing you. Don't hide who you are. I mean, I think that's a really important thing because once you start hiding your spirituality and your truth, 
then you feel less authentic to who you are. And that is a really difficult feeling. So just own it, embrace it. And something I always say when I'm talking to people is like, I know this might sound crazy, or I'm sure you you don't believe this, and that's totally fine. Um, and I, I truly mean that. My spirituality is not defined by the people in my life totally believing everything I'm saying or being on board with it, because it's really for me. And also for the people who are on this path with me, which is a lot of you guys. So I still get to share it. I think it's important to have your tribe who you can share these things with and feel supported by. So I would recommend joining the Soul on Fire podcast tribe on Facebook because you can definitely talk openly about this stuff there and maybe even find some friends in your area who you can meet up with in person and talk about this stuff with and just keep doing stuff like that, joining groups at yoga studios workshops in your area, a retreat if you have the resources. There's so many good options. So you don't have to push this type of stuff on the people in your life who are not yet interested. So I hope that helps. I know it can be really difficult. I've been through it too, but it's worth it to know that everyone will will get to certain stages when they're meant to. So another question is from Vital Treasures, Carrie. She says... When you receive what I call intuitive hits or downloads, how do you trust what's yours and what is someone else's? As my abilities become more intense, sometimes things come in so fast and so many in my voice and as flashes, which are really quick, and it's a vision or a knowing that I can't see what's my monkey mind and what's for someone else. I know self-trust is huge here, but where are you in that process and how do you decipher what's yours and what is someone else's? Okay, that's a really good question. So just to sum it up for everybody listening um, who might not have these types of conversations frequently like Carrie and I do about intuitive hits, what she's referring to is I have been developing this intuition of mine and also these kind of psychic medium abilities where I'm able to tap into lots of conversations with beings who are not necessarily here. So she's asking, how did I learn to trust myself and where am I in that process? So that's a really interesting question. I still have a lot of trust to develop with myself on that level because it's still really new to me. Something that I learned through Marianne, the medium, and through a couple of other people, Pat Longo, who's a spiritual teacher, all sorts of books that I'm reading, I've learned that spirit comes often in our own voice, in our head. So if you're the kind of person who's always felt really intuitive and really in touch with yourself and you would just get information popped into your head that felt so real, so legitimate, so on point, but you didn't know why or where it was coming from or if it was true or what, that could have very well been spirit, spirit guide, a higher power, your higher self, um, what have you. could have been any of those things. And you just didn't view it as that before. So that's kind of how it's been for me. This last probably three or four months has been a huge awakening to things that I never knew before. I thought that I just had the craziest imagination, the craziest mind, and that I would have such clarity about things in my life, things in other people's life. And I didn't know where those decisions or choices or words were coming from. But it turns out, I believe they were coming from a higher place. So I'm learning how to decipher those 
messages from my own thoughts and my conscious from my subconscious, my dreams from astral traveling and so much stuff. I would say it's still really new to me. So I'm learning. I'm on the learning curve. But I would say the more that I slow down, the more that I spend time doing my rituals and my meditating and staying off of technology for the greater part of the morning and the night and journaling, writing, that's when I can really open up more intuitively. So I'm pretty used to having visions during Kundalini, after Kundalini, after a powerful meditation in my apartment, after I sage myself and meditate with my crystals. That's when I know I can trust myself more because you asked about trust. And also just sometimes at really random parts of the day, like i basically channeled a full-blown conversation between my friend Kelsey and her boyfriend who died 10 years ago. And that was probably the most in touch I've been and the most I trusted myself because everything he was saying was getting validated by Kelsey. And it was really specific information. I didn't know this person when he was alive. Um, And it was a really interesting experience. And then Every time I surround myself with spiritual teachers who help me open up and trust my intuition and also work with boundaries, um, I trust myself a lot more too. So after my Reiki training with Kelsey Patel last week, I felt so in tune, so open to tell a long story in a really short way. After I left my Reiki training, I needed to go directly to a gas station because I had six miles of gas left on my car. And when I typed gas station into my Google Maps... My car (laughs) took me to Skid Row. And if you're not familiar with Skid Row in LA, it is a pretty dangerous area. Lots of drug deals go down there. Lots of mentally disturbed homeless people. And it's not a safe place for a girl to be alone during the day or at night. And I was convinced that I was going to run out of gas on Skid Row. I had zero miles on my gas tank. That's what it was showing me. But I somehow was able to drive six miles out of the way on zero gas, zero miles of gas on my car to a slightly safer area where I was able to get gas and drive home. So I do believe that at that point I was being guided by a higher power because I had spent the whole day doing my Reiki training and turning my Reiki energy on and being super connected to myself, to my guides, to all sorts of energetic higher powers. And I was completely fine. And that's not to say that I wouldn't have been fine if I hadn't have been coming from my Reiki training, but I could tell that I was so connected because as scared as I was and as worried as I was that I had made this awful mistake where I was going to run out of gas in a really dangerous area and be stuck there and miss Rosh Hashanah dinner in the Valley because of all these outer factors. I was also very calm very centered and I could totally breathe and felt completely fine. So I think that that was because I spent so much time meditating, drawing inward and getting really clear on what I needed and how to connect with my highest self and my guides. So if I could give any advice, I would say just take the time, be still with yourself, allow yourself to get quiet and see what happens from there. It could be a very powerful thing. And that's what could maybe change and enhance your trust for you. So next question, Nicole Darnall 
says that she would love to hear the best place to start. She says, I've listened to the pod and I've read some articles online, but when it comes to crystals, spiritual fun, et cetera, I'm still lost where to start. So that's such a good question because I imagine everybody listening is trying to figure out where to start for them. And for me, I'm still figuring out how to start, where to go from here, how to build upon this. And I'll just tell you how I started because I guess I can only speak from experience here. I started by practicing kundalini and kundalini yoga. It's so funny because the book Kundalini Rising that I was completely drawn to when I was first getting interested in kundalini is across from me right now on a bookshelf with probably a hundred other books. And Kundalini Rising is like staring at me. It's literally the only title I can see from where I'm sitting, which is so weird. It's shining in the sun right now. It's popping out. I think it wants to be noticed. So Nicole, you asked this question. I feel like you should get this book, Kundalini Rising. And also this is for everybody listening. So I think a good handful of you listening are meant to read Kundalini Rising because this is no coincidence that this book is like basically floating in front of my eyes right now. It's a little dense. I mean, it wasn't my favorite book based off of Kundalini. I also really like Invincible Living by Guru Jagat, who's also coming on this podcast very soon. But Kundalini Rising is a really good intro to the practice of Kundalini Yoga, which is the yogic technology that brings you into your body and has amazing breath work and movement and kind of ties everything together and opens you up into the ethers, as they would say. So I started with Kundalini. I started getting completely shocked and amazed with how connected I felt when I practiced Kundalini and after a class. It was totally mind-blowing and totally awesome. And then I just started building upon my spiritual practice from there. I started meeting other people who practiced and taught Kundalini. They introduced me to other modalities like Reiki, and I had already been into Ayurveda and yoga, of course, and acupuncture and cupping. And I think that holistic practices and spirituality just build upon each other and you're not necessarily introduced to things that you aren't yet ready for. So if you're listening to this podcast and you've heard me talk about the Pleiadians and the Ninth Dimensional Collective where only love and consciousness exist, and maybe you are ready for that kind of stuff. You're definitely here for a reason, but I would say start small. Same goes for manifesting. Just start small and start asking for and setting intentions for things on a smaller scale. Spirituality-wise, maybe start with seven minutes of meditation in your bedroom that could eventually build to 10 minutes and 14 minutes and 18 minutes and then a half an hour before you know it. And it's those deeper practices that really draw you inward and help you connect with yourself and what you need. I would also say developing a gratitude practice where you journal in the morning and write down at least three to five things that you're grateful for. I've heard some amazing techniques lately from the Abraham Hicks camp of people that say maybe more like five pages of gratitudes is something that will really, really get you into an alignment state. So that's another thing that you can try. And just, I think you'll be shocked at how in tune with yourself, you feel when you're just expressing what you're grateful for. And without expressing gratitude and feeling gratitude, we can't really bring and harness new positive things into our life. So first we have to be grateful for what we have. 
And then we can invite more positivity and manifestation into our lives. So I think that's a really good place to start. Also, saging your space, which you can purchase sage on Amazon. If you live in LA, you can buy it at Earth Bar, at Mystic Journey Bookstore, at Energy Muse. There's so many places that you can buy sage. And if you just sage your space and start clearing your space, you'll be amazed at what begins to happen because you're clearing out the bad energy. And if nothing else, you're just setting the stage for yourself to have a more powerful experience in meditation or in intuitive movement. So next question, Chasing Sunshine and Prana, that is a very cute name. What is your meditation practice like? For example, how often do you meditate and what occurs while you meditate? So I pretty much, it changes every day. I am so not a structured person. I wish I was because that would probably enhance things even more for me. But then again, I don't want to be different than I am. We're all so different. So for me, I was on a pretty good kick of meditating every morning for at least seven minutes. And then every night for at least seven minutes, I was doing that when I did the celestial journey with Nicola. It was part of our practice. But at this stage, I'm really just meditating when I feel like it and for how long I feel like. So that's still every day, anywhere between seven minutes and 45 minutes. And sometimes I meditate while I'm doing Reiki on myself, which is something that I'm doing, working toward my Reiki one certificate from my training last week. Um, Sometimes I meditate when I'm in the bath. Sometimes I meditate while I'm driving. And this is truly something you can do because meditation is not about turning off your brain and turning off your thoughts. It's about watching your thoughts float by in front of you with non-attachment. So I meditate in all different ways. I, I like to meditate in Shavasana after a yoga class because that's when I feel always the most connected to my body, the most connected to myself, and the most out of my head. So to address the part of the question where what happens when I meditate, um, it's different every time. Sometimes I have visions. Sometimes I don't because I'm hoping to have a vision and I'm placing too much emphasis and too much thought on what might happen. Sometimes I get tons of clarity on a question that I've had in my life. Sometimes I get visions of people who are also on this spiritual path unbeknownst to me. And it's kind of like a push from the universe to reach out to them and to talk to them. I've had that with a couple friends that I grew up with, a couple friends that I went to college with, and it's a really cool thing. So lots of power, powerful things can happen while you meditate. I always like to have a journal nearby and a pen so that I can write down what has happened in my meditation and what I'm inspired to do, what I'm inspired to say and to create. And that's really when I have the best and most accurate time, I would say, beginning to manifest what's coming next in my life because I've slowed down and I've given myself the space to truly meditate. So next question, Journal Times asks, is there foods I can eat that would increase my intuition and become more spiritual? Honestly, The food question is a tough one to answer because I am a strong believer that we are all coming from such a different place with food. I know that there is definitely the whole ideology that eating 
plant-based or close to plant-based will enhance your intuition and bring you closer to the earth, to the universe, to your guides, because you're not eating anything that has ever been a living being. But then again, we know my personal history with veganism and how that didn't really work out for me and triggered an eating disorder and triggered a lot of obsessive habits and also lots of hormone imbalances. So it's a tough thing to say because I don't think that there are necessarily foods you can eat that bring you closer to your intuition other than the fact that when you're nourishing yourself with good, clean, pure food and you're also nourishing yourself eating enough, not eating too much, eating in tune with feeling good, being active, being open to new things and giving yourself energy and fuel, then you'll definitely be more in touch with your intuition. So I would just say eat well, eat well for your body, whatever that means. For me, that means tons of vegetables. That means no fried food, no grains, no sugar. But I do eat um, animal protein, clean animal protein, because that works for me. And as long as I'm feeling good and feeling like I have the energy to be active and to take on my day, and if I'm sleeping enough, then yes, I definitely feel closer connected to my intuition. I would also say, and this is probably a topic for a whole entire episode of its own, but in order to sleep, I've been taking CBD oil for about nine months now. And I've gone off and on with it. It was prescribed by my doctor and I've been back on it lately because I was having a lot of insomnia. I was doing a lot of astral projecting in my sleep and not sleeping very well. So I've been back on my CBD and I sleep so well when I take CBD oil. And this is not an, an endorsement for CBD or telling you that you should try that or that that'll get you closer to your intuition because some people would argue that putting any type of marijuana into your system would would disconnect you from your intuition because that's how a lot of drugs and alcohol can be. But CBD is so pure. It's so healing. In fact, I just ordered some from my dad for his arthritis just for him to rub on, onto his skin. And also with the rashes that I've had, CBD has really helped. So that's a whole thing in itself. And I guess I bring that up just to say that find what works for you. Take the things that work for you. Um, CBD helps me sleep, which in turn helps me be so much more alert, so much more energetic, and so much more creative during the day because I'm actually sleeping at night. And that's so important. So that's a huge one. And let's see here. Next question. This one's pretty similar to some of the others, but I think this is a really relevant topic. This is asked by KitKat79 and agreed with by Becky Simmons, who I love. And Kat says, I've been hesitant about coming out of the spiritual closet to friends and family. What's your personal story on that? And how do you stay connected with the people you truly care about as you move down this path? So that's a really good question. It kind of ties in with an earlier question about what to do if the people in your life aren't necessarily also on this spiritual path. So I have always been so unapologetically myself, for better or for worse, even if that means taking myself out of certain situations, breaking the rules. I think I broke every single rule of my sorority 
every single rule in high school, different clubs that I belonged to, different things, because I just physically am never able to do something that doesn't feel right to me. So the same goes for when I stopped being vegan and I kind of came out of the vegan closet and said that I wasn't eating that way anymore. I am the same way with spirituality. So the second that I've gotten interested in this stuff, that I've had experiences with Nicola and with Reiki and Ayurveda and acupuncture, I've just started talking about it. And I think people in my life now find it very routine for me to say, well, I had a session with Nicola. I saw her face morph. I had a session with Shaman Durek. He helped me talk to my spirit guides. I do automatic writing every morning and connect with my guides. And it's interesting because it's a part of who I am at this point, but it doesn't change who I am. And I think anybody who loves me, anybody who cares about me totally knows that and totally recognizes that I'm just the same person. So for instance, in my relationship with Jonathan, he's not nearly as deeply into this kind of stuff as I am, but he can totally support what I'm doing because I'm still me. It's just that occasionally I'll be like, oh, hey, my spirit guide said this or Hudson through Miranda wanted me to tell you this, this, and this about our relationship. And he just laughs and respects that it's a part of my life, but also knows that I'm still Jordan. So I think my tips for coming out of the spiritual closet are just to be yourself and be authentic to who you are and what you're interested in. And ultimately, you'll be happier this way. You don't have to talk people's ears off that aren't interested. That's hard to do when you're excited about something, but it's also important to remember because I, again, it's not our job to convert anybody to believing in anything specific or to lead people over to start believing in what we believe. We can just be the light and share that way. And I find that doing that inspires people to get on the path in their own way. So maybe for them, that's just setting intentions every month or setting intentions on the new moon, releasing on the full moon. That's a lot for some people. If they want to go deeper and have a session with a shaman or do a Reiki training or something like that, then eventually they'll come to you and you can give them guidance. But in the meantime, just keep focusing on yourself and doing what feels good to you and try not to worry about what other people think, but also don't hold back who you are. The next question is from Namaste from Katie. And I love this question. As you continue to dive deeper into your spirituality, how has that impacted, informed, or changed your relationships, particularly in regard to boundaries and who you can let in or who you may need to let go of? So this is an amazing question because becoming more open and more awakened spiritually has definitely brought me to the point where I have to create some serious boundaries with people in my life who don't serve me in a positive way. So this isn't about like cutting people out of your life and creating a wall around you. I had a really interesting session yesterday with Shaman Durek that you guys will hear on the podcast really soon. He's so amazing. I'm completely obsessed with him. He's a third generation shaman. And we did this really interesting exercise on recording. So you guys will hear it all about releasing blocks and barriers. So I had let him know that I've put up a wall around myself because I do feel taken from quite constantly. I'm 
I'm always, I mean, I answer, I open my email and I have sometimes upwards of 25 people pitching them to be a guest on the podcast when I try to make it pretty clear that I only have friends on the podcast or people that I have followed and admired for a really long time. And I don't think that that makes me a closed off person. I think it just makes me aware of where I want to take this brand and kind of aware of my whole process with how I choose my guests and how I do things. Because the few times that I have done it differently, I have regretted it. So I know what works for me and what doesn't. So I told Shaman Durek, I have built these walls around myself because every time I open my email, every time I open my phone, people just want something and I feel so taken from. And he was laughing and reminded me that people can't take anything from us. There's no such thing as people taking your energy or people taking from you if you're a giving person. So we ultimately realized that while I do have infinite love to give, I am blocking myself off from giving love infinitely to others because I somehow attached myself to this idea of being taken from. So instead of feeling like my energy is being depleted when I give something or when I respond to an inquiry that doesn't feel right to me, I have started to view it a little bit differently ever since I had this session with him, which was only yesterday, but you would be amazed at how fast this stuff can sink in when you really take the time to draw inward and learn what you really need boundary-wise. So I've just looked at everything in a much more positive light, like, I'm honored that anyone is asking anything of me and I am going to respond with love and light or as I've learned from my Reiki master, Kelsey, it doesn't make you a bad person to delete an email and put something into the trash box. And it doesn't mean that you can't also send them love and light at the same time, but it really helps protect energy and boundaries when you're able to just release, 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 send you love, send you light, release, And that's how I try to do everything. So if someone's bothering me, if I feel like people in my life who I was once closer to are really starting to get under my skin because I feel like they have a lot of negativity to work out and that's a very real thing, then I'll just put some boundaries up. And I think they're very different from walls because putting walls up around yourself can close yourself off from giving love freely and being a giver. And I think for a lot of us who are healers or feel like we're healers moving in the direction of healing, being a giver is so important. And closing off love that you have to give to others because you're afraid that you're going to be depleted is not the best way to go about life. So I have definitely built some boundaries because we all me included, for sure, have people in our lives who don't raise our vibration, who are low vibe people, who maybe it really does feel like they're depleting us or taking from us. But ultimately, we have the control. We have the power. I can send these people good vibes. I don't have to respond. I don't have to make plans with people who don't make me feel good. And It's just a learning curve. Like I was telling someone the other day, I feel like I'm doing them a service because they can spend more time with people who really get them and who can meet them where they are. So it's kind of nice to get really clear on the people that don't raise us up because there's only 
there's only room for so many super close people in your life. And you might as well feel incredibly good about every single one of those people and be kind to everybody. But it doesn't mean that you have to let them into your innermost heart and circle. The next question is from Antoinette Marie Stubbs. How do you stay motivated to keep active and always work out? Well, the answer to this question is very simple. I don't do exercise that I don't like. I only do things that I absolutely love because it helps me stay consistent and becomes a part of my routine. And that doesn't mean that I don't challenge myself to try new things, to step out of the box, to do workouts that are new to me or different to me. But it also means that sometimes I just have to do what I love and that's yoga. So hot yoga, yoga sculpt, there are definitely ways to get your heart pumping and get some cardio in by doing yoga. And For the sake of variety, I do have other things that I love. I love to run outside. I love to go to Orange Theory. I love to do Pilates, but I always ultimately go back to doing yoga and that's how my body feels the best. So it's pretty easy for me to be consistent. And I know that if you're just starting from scratch, easy is not the word when it comes to being active and working out. But I think one thing that really helps is focusing on how you feel after a workout and then focus on how you feel after you don't work out and notice the difference and then just remind yourself how worth it it is to take care of yourself, put yourself first and always carve that time out of your day. And then when you go based off of a feeling versus how you're going to look or something like that, then I think it really makes it a lot easier to be consistent and have a lot of fun with it. So we will wrap up with... My favorite place is to get crystals. I may have mentioned this earlier in the episode, but so many people ask this question. I feel like it's just a good thing to reiterate in case I already did. Energy Muse is an amazing place to get crystals. Heather and Timmy have been on this podcast who started Energy Muse. If you live in Los Angeles, I love the Mystic Journey bookstore and the Mystic Journey crystal shop. I also love um, Ceremony Meditation in Venice. They sell beautiful crystals. And then my friend, Marissa Lace, who has also been on this podcast. She's a YouTuber. She's amazing. She has a crystal shop called Light Love and Lace that you can find at lightloveandlace.com and on Instagram. So those should be some good places to get you started. And then as far as picking out crystals, just see what calls to you. See what kind of crystal is calling your name and start there. A great place to start is Rose Quartz and also Colleen McCann, the amazing shaman who was on this podcast. She sells like a little crystal starter kit that you can find on Goop. And I believe it's called the Style Rituals Kit or something like that. So you can head over to Goop, look at that. And you guys are all amazing. I also wanted to say that you know how I ask everyone who comes on this podcast if they were a color, what color would they be? And there was this really cool Q&A that someone posted in the Soul on Fire podcast tribe. And it was just like this cool test where you choose the colors that stick out to you in each individual photo. And then at the end of the test, they tell you which color you would be if you were a color. And I got rose and I just wanted to read you guys what it said because I felt like it really resonated. So what it says is you are rosy as a red rose and you offer a breath of fresh air wherever you go. 
You radiate warmth and people are attracted to your sensitive and calming energy. You have your feet on the ground and you understand what it means to have patience, as in difficult situations, your soothing energy always offers a helping hand to those in need. Soft and gentle, people fall in love with you very easily and you should recognize your calming powers in this world. So I thought that was really cool. Little shout out to Meg Edwards for sharing that in the group. And you can find that at dailyoccupation.com. It's called The Most Beautiful Test in the World Will Determine What Color Your Energy Is. And when I popped into the Soul on Fire podcast tribe, I also found this awesome article from Well and Good, which are crystals for your horoscope. And this is something I should definitely include in my Spirit Juice newsletter this week. But I just wanted to say for all my other Libras out there, since it is Libra season, apparently we are supposed to be with sunstone. It says that Libras are good listeners and they strive for balance. Sunstone is a nice stone for us because we are the stone of joy and light. Libra's also in the middle of everything, wants everyone to be happy and always wants to compromise, which can be exhausting. So it's a perfect balancing stone. So that's amazing. I think I'm going to have to order some sunstone on one of the places that I mentioned to you guys. So thanks again, guys, for listening. If you're still here, that means that you're dedicated and loyal and awesome. And I hope that you enjoyed this Q&A. If you have questions of your own, always feel free to head over to thebalancebond.com slash podcast or thebalancebond.com slash QA. And if you happen to be interested in starting your own blog at any point in time, or if you already have a blog and you're looking to expand your knowledge and inspiration for growing your platform, please feel free to rate and review this podcast. Send me a screenshot of your rating and review to jordan at thebalanceblonde.com. And I will send you my blogging tips and tricks document that I've created for people who rate and review this podcast and support what I do here on this show. It means the world to me. And these ratings and reviews really help get this podcast into the eyes of all sorts of other amazing high vibe people that we want to listen to it. So feel free to rate and review. Send me your screenshot. I will be so grateful. I hope you guys are having an amazing week. Happy Libra week and happy birthday week to anyone else who might share my birthday, October 11th, or anyone else who has a birthday this week. And I feel like I should start saying that every week because it's so special when we have birthdays. It's so fun. Thank you guys so much for listening. Honestly, if you listened this far... I love you. And I love you anyway. I love you all. So much love to share. Infinite love, which is something that we get into in Wednesday's episode with Shaman Durek. And if you're still listening, I'll just go ahead and say it. I am going to go down the shamanic path myself, inspired by Shaman Durek, inspired by Nicola of episode 52, inspired by Colleen of one of the earlier episodes, Colleen McCann and... I'm excited about it. I love you guys. Mwah.